I'm a big fan of this comedian named Nate Bargatze. Anybody ever heard of Nate Bargatze? Okay, some of my, my family has. Good, excellent. Uh, so uh, Nate's a pretty clean comedian and uh, uh, hilarious, and he is kind of becoming more famous right now. And so he was actually on Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago as the host. And I don't, I don't really watch TV, but I get my TV from YouTube. Uh, so I, I found a YouTube clip of him um, on Saturday Night Live um, playing General Washington, and it is so good. So I'm going to share a little bit of that scene with you this morning. That, that whole thing is great. I mean, if you have some free time, just go Google it. It's good. Um, here's why we're watching uh, Nate Bergassi. So um, this, this passage is really a, a passage about what will make us different, right? Um, the, the clip is about what will make us different as a nation. We'll choose our own government. We'll choose our own leaders. We'll choose our own system of weights and measures. Uh, and uh, in this passage, really the, the Jewish leaders and Jesus are having a debate about what will make them different, what will make them unique, what does it mean to be Jewish, and what will it mean to be ultimately Christian or a disciple of Christ. Uh, and, and, and this really central question, what will make us different, uh, is at the heart of this whole passage. It's really central to the whole story of Scripture. Uh, the, the word holy means different, right? And we have a holy God. We have a different God. And we're called to be a holy people, a different people. We spent a whole year as a church at one point talking about this idea of what it means to be different. So uh, for the Israelites, for, for the Jewish people at this time, rather, um, the, the, they see, I think correctly, that the purpose of the law, the purpose of the, of the Old Testament, is to let them know um, how they are to be different. What is to look different about their lives so they can be in covenant with a different kind of God? Uh, and, and we're going to rag on the Pharisees a lot today, so let's briefly defend them before we do that. Um, the Pharisees in this passage are asking, um, really, they're asking it poorly, but the question they're asking is a pretty decent one. Right? This is, by the way, the washing of hands is not about hygiene. We're not talking about um, not passing on diseases. We're talking about this idea of, of ritual purity. Uh, so the Pharisees have this big picture goal. Remember, they're not the party in power, party in power of the Sadducees. Pharisees are really the, the party of the people. And they're out there saying, hey, how do we make sure that we stay different? How do we make sure that our people, our nation stays distinctive? And we don't want to fall into patterns of sin. We also don't want to just start looking like everybody else. We don't want to become like the Greco-Roman culture around us. And so um, they take the commandments of God and they say, hey, maybe we can do even better than this, right? So for example, in the Torah, there's a commandment that says a priest should wash his hands before eating the holy food, the food sacrificed on the altar to God. And they say, hey, that's great, but what if we made everybody wash their hands and what if it was not just when they're eating holy food, but any time they eat? Wouldn't that keep us even safer? Wouldn't that make us even more distinct or different from the culture around us? Uh, th these ideas of, of staying different and distinct are so um, deeply embedded in the culture um, that uh, later on, actually, there's a, sometime after Jesus, there's a rabbi writing about uh, this idea of washing your hands before you eat. And this rabbi says, whoever eats bread without previously washing the hands, it is as if he had intercourse with a harlot, right? They're, they're taking this really seriously. They're saying, hey, our desire to be different is really, really important. And so the Pharisees come up, they see Jesus and his disciples not following along with these sort of different distinguishing things, and they say, hey, um, what are you doing? Why aren't you following in our traditions? I know they're not biblical, but they're traditions and they're good and we should keep them. Uh, so, um, and, and, 
in an effort to um, come back to Nate Bargatze for a minute, um, the way they feel about the washing of hands is the way you feel about speed limits and miles per hour. Have you ever been in a conversation where someone said, hey, we should just change the speed limits to be kilometers per hour so that everyone in the world would understand what they meant? And if you've been in that conversation like I have, you said, no, because I love my country, right? And, and miles per hour is an American birthright, right? This is kind of how, I thought that was funnier than you did, but anyway, um, that, I need a little applause sign or something at the top. Um, this is how they're thinking, right? They're saying, hey, this is part of our identity. I know it's not biblical. I know it sounds silly, but for us, it's critical. Uh, and in fact, we even get this from Mark, the gospel author, right? There's a couple of times in this passage where Mark, as the author, uh, gives a, an aside. And the first time he says, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands. Um, he's saying, this is what it means to be Jewish, and so when Jesus says, I don't need you to do it, He is redefining what it means to be Jewish. That's how important this conversation is about hand-washing. So uh, into this conversation about hand-washing and how we are to be different and distinct as a people, I think Jesus has just two big ideas. His first big idea is that we have to be a people who value substance over symbols. We have to be a people who value substance over symbols. Uh, and, and this is um, overwhelmingly obvious, I think, in the passage, um, but we all fall into this trap. Uh, in this passage, we have a story about Jesus um, kind of wandering through the countryside, and not only is He healing people, He's so amazing at what He can do that people like just have to touch the fringe of His cloak as they walk by to be healed. There are people laying out their sick in the marketplaces, just hoping that Jesus walks by. If Jesus walks by, they can be healed, right? I mean, nothing like this has ever happened before. People are freaking out in a wonderful and really good way. In the midst of this unbelievable outpouring of God's Spirit, in the midst of the blind being able to see and the, the deaf being able to hear and the poor having good news preached to them, the Pharisees come along and they say, yeah, but you guys aren't washing your hands, right? What about the hands? Like, sure, the miracles are cool, but Jesus… Like, come on. Uh, so uh, Jesus says, hey, you know what? Um, you're missing the main idea. The, the main idea is that all of that stuff, um, the stuff in the Bible and the stuff you added to the Bible later about washing of hands and ritual purity was all a way to say, hey, um, this is how you can be connected to a God of cleanliness, to a God who's different, to a God who's holy. But guess what? That God is standing right here. Right? That God is, is literally like walking through the marketplace, healing people. And so at some point when the, when the substance is there, the symbols become less important, right? Uh, this, is like, this is like if the um, state of Wisconsin got invaded by Canada, which, you know, whatever, stay with me. If the state of Wisconsin got invaded by Canada and we had the 101st Airborne stationed in our state and we said, hey, let's send the Boy Scouts and the ROTC to deal with the Mounties, right? Um, that's great. I'm sure the Boy Scouts and the ROTC could handle themselves, but we got the 101st Airborne. Why are we going to the symbols when we got the substance, right? We don't need to worry about water making us clean when God is here to do that, right? So this is what the, the Pharisees are so painfully missing, that all of these things in and out of Scripture were arrows pointing us to God. But now God is here, and they um, have become for the Pharisees anchors instead of arrows that weigh us down from God. 
This is why Jesus comes back to Isaiah and says, you're interested in these empty symbolic gestures. You don't care about what matters, right? You honor me with your lips, but not with your hearts. So Jesus has an example. He says, hey, let me tell you one way that you're doing this. Um, You guys, you Pharisees, have said that it's okay if um, I want to um, not take care of my parents in their old age. I can take a whole bunch of money, maybe the same amount of money that I probably would have spent to take care of my parents, and I can go and give that to God. And then I can come to my parents and say, hey, mom and dad, I know, you know, you raised me all those years, and there's all that whole Ten Commandments and honor your father and mother and whatever, but I'm supposed to love God even more than I love you. And so what I did, this is going to be cool, you're going to love it, is I took all the money that was going to take care of you in your retirement and old age, and I just gave it to God because I love Him so much more than I love you. Isn't that awesome, mom? Dad, aren't you excited? And Jesus says, no, this is twisted, right? It's, it's twisted for a couple of obvious reasons. It's twisted because it sounds like you don't want to take care of your parents and you found an excuse and you're making God that excuse. But it's also twisted because you are telling God how He wants to be loved. God has already told you how He wants to be loved, right? That's why we have the commandments because God said, hey, you want to love me? You want to be in right relationship with me? You want to be a holy people, a different people? I'll tell you how. Here's one thing, honor your father and mother. You can't get rid of God, what God wants to give Him something He doesn't want and think you're going to please Him, right? This is what Jesus says. You guys are, are, are missing the substance. Uh, you're focused on the symbols. Uh, I, I don't have time to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, okay, so I, I have… Um, I came across this story. I just love it. So this a story about two brothers, and one brother has a snake, a pet snake named Slinky, and the, that's a good name for a snake. And the other brother… Um, really does not like the snake. And the thing he likes least about the snake is the fact that it has to eat live mice, right? Which is kind of yucky. Um, so he tells us, the other brother tells a story. Once I was pressed into going to the pet store to buy Slinky's dinner. The worst part of this wasn't choosing the juiciest looking live mice or turning down the clerk who wanted to sell me vitamins to ensure their longevity. The hardest part was carrying the poor things out in a box bearing the words, thank you for giving me a home. (laughs) So uh, here's my worry. Uh, I worry that sometimes we can get so caught up in our symbolic gestures um, that all our best intentions and language are just ultimately going to feed the snake. So uh, here's where the rubber hits the road for me a little bit. Uh, Here we are in Advent. And in the Advent season, we have all kinds of great symbols. We talked about someone with our kids today, right? We have Christmas trees and, and candles and wreaths and decorations, and they're all really good. And I am pro-Christmas trees, and I am pro all of that stuff. But I am concerned a little bit that sometimes all those symbols get in the way of the stuff that Jesus really cares about. So this week, um, we've been doing this online devotional And this week, the first day of the devotional asked us to think about clearing out the clutter of our lives, this idea that that John the Baptist comes to prepare the way for Jesus and that in Advent we're called to prepare the way for Jesus. Uh, And and my thought was, man, um, I am so consumed with cookies and decorations and presents and parties and cookies and trees and travel and cookies that… I sometimes miss what this is supposed to be about. Right? And I was really struck this week, boy, I don't think Jesus is going to care if I don't get my Christmas list done. 
I don't think Jesus is going to care if we have um, the best tree or the most impressive decorations or how great the staff Christmas party goes. I, I don't think He cares. I mean, it's not that He's opposed to it, but I think if I was to go to Jesus and say, hey, how do you want me to celebrate your birthday this year? I think He would say, hey, make space to do an Advent devotional with your family. Hey, um, why don't you serve the poor? Hey, why don't you find reconciliation with those with whom you're in conflict? Why don't you give to kingdom causes? Why don't you invite others to know Christ? Why don't you go to worship, right? Why don't you do the things that actually connect to why I came? Um, the symbolic stuff is great, but the substance is where the rubber hits the road. Um, we, we actually, as a family, um, I, I was being a little bit overwhelmed with all of the Christmas stuff, and this devotional kicked my butt a little bit. And um, we, were, um, we went and got our Christmas tree yesterday, um, but we didn't have time to get it decorated because Krista and I um, took the kids to ring bells for Salvation Army. Um, and it was awesome. It was super cold. And um, there's only one note. Our bells have lots of notes, one note for those bells. Um, but it was an opportunity to talk to my kids about what the Salvation Army is and why we care about people who don't have homes in the winter. And we got home and our tree wasn't decorated and I felt great about it, right? I just felt really, really good. Uh, and, and so, my hope and my prayer is that in this season especially, we can be a people that are committed to, to substance over symbolism because God the Son is alive and with us. We just need to pay attention. Okay, that's the first thing that makes us different. Um, we're going to be a people that are about substance and not symbols. Um, here's the second thing that makes us different. Jesus says holiness, difference, is about hearts and not just about hands. It's about hearts not just about hands. Um, we, we get again this little bit of frustration that Jesus has with His disciples um, after He talks to the crowd and He says, um, nothing outside a person can go in and defile you, but things that come out are what defile. And the disciples are like, hey, we don't get it. And Jesus says, how? How do you not get it? Like, you are with me all the time. Um, so Jesus says, hey, think about it for a minute. Um, think about the problems in our lives. Think about sexual immorality and theft and murder and adultery and greed and wickedness and lying and envy and uh, uh, saying bad things about people and pride and all of that stuff. Do you think that if you washed your hands, all that would get better? Jesus says, let me do you one better. Let's, let's pause a minute on the human traditions. Let's even talk about some of the commandments of Scripture. If you didn't eat pork this week, would you be less greedy, less proud, less lustful, less gossipy? If you ate a little bit of shellfish with dinner, would that change or not change your heart? Jesus says, you're, you're kind of missing the main idea here. It's not that the law is bad. Um, again, um, some of those commandments are things that Scripture tells us not to do, right? Scripture tells us not to eat pork or shellfish or whatever. But it's that we have erred in our application, that these were intended to help us bless the nations, and they've resulted in us hiding from the nations. Been, they were intended to help us live in covenant with God and each other, and they're calling us to live. Uh, they've come to cause us to live apart from people. So Jesus does something radical here. Jesus changes the law. 
Now, we got to pause for a minute and recognize um, Jesus is uniquely positioned to do this. Jesus is the giver of the law. He's the one who gave the commandments on Mount Sinai in the first place. So Jesus and Jesus alone gets to change them. This is, um, again, part of this problem with the Pharisees. The Pharisees say, hey, um, we're going to add on to the things that God has told us to do. And, And Jesus says, hey, you know what? Maybe you should let God tell you what God wants you to do for Him. But guess what? God is here. And so God's going to tell you, right? Jesus is God. He's going to tell you. He has uniquely the authority to say, hey, we're going to reinterpret what the Old Testament told us because there's a new way for us to live. What distinguishes the Jew from the non-Jew is not going to be hand-washing or diet. It's not going to be ritual cleanliness. What distinguishes the Jew from the non-Jew or the Christian from the non-Christian should be, as the Apostle Paul says, not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's a, a guy named Roy Pearson who says uh, that Christians or, or the church should be kind of like chimney sweeps right? uh, in that we cannot do our job well if our hands aren't getting dirty. It's often been said, cleanliness is next to godliness, but it's not. Dirt is next to godliness. This is what's so striking about the story of Jesus. Jesus is the holy God, right? The one who is unapproachable, who dwells in majesty and light and the heavens beyond us, who leaves that space and comes and lives in the dirt with us, who comes down and has an ordinary life and gets messy and doesn't even wash his hands before he has lunch. And in the midst of all of that dirt, Jesus doesn't get dirty, right? Jesus doesn't get polluted. Jesus doesn't become unclean. This is the guy who touches bleeding people and they stop bleeding. This is the guy who touches dead people and they stop being dead. Jesus says, hey, you know what? Maybe my followers aren't going to be a people that are afraid of the mess of the world around us. Maybe they're going to be people who go live in the midst of other people's mess and help them clean it up. And, and, and this is this incredibly beautiful idea that Jesus offers uh, that, uh, that, hey, you know what? Um, What God wants for us ultimately is not just the externally facing things, the hands stuff. It's the heart stuff. It's how we approach and love and care for people. And we got to get messy with them. You don't get clean and then get to Jesus. You get to Jesus and then get clean and then get messy all over as you bring others to Jesus. I I had a a, a friend in our church this week who made a comment. Um, We were talking about some particular pastoral care concerns of stuff happening in the lives of our church members. And his comment was, oh, in this particular situation, there was somebody that we knew and loved through the church um, who's dealing with issues and actually had been incarcerated this week. And uh, his comment was, wow, I've never been in a church before where we had like regularly active people that are like going to prison. And I was like, it's pretty great, isn't it? Uh, And and it is kind of great, right, um, that the stuff that never happened to him anywhere else in all the other churches he went to happens here because we're not going to be a community that's worried about getting dirty. We're not going to be a community that's worried about being corrupted. Um, we have the 101st Airborne on our side. The world ought to be worried about us, right? We're going to be a community that recognizes that the gospel is contagious. 
We're going to be a community that recognizes that Jesus cares about the hearts of people even more than the hands, and that whatever is going on in somebody's life, God has sent His Son to leave heaven to come to earth so those people might leave earth one day and go to heaven. Um, we're going to be a people who recognize that it's not substance uh, if it's just what we do externally. It's only substance if it touches who we are internally. And so this is the challenge for us in this Advent season. The challenge for us is to say, hey, what makes us different? And what I hope the answer is, I hope the answer is not that we say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays, right? That's symbols. I hope the answer is um, that we're interested in the substance, that we care about um, caring for the poor and bringing in the lost and sharing the gospel and worshiping Christ at home and at family And I hope that when we care about those things, it's not just in a few external ways that just touch our hands, where we can keep all the mess at a distance. I hope we bring it all in. I hope it gets to our hearts. I hope the brokenness of the people around us touches us like it touches Jesus. And I hope that we are never a church of clean hands, but always a church of clean hearts. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.